0: But most importantly, I hope the following episode inspires you to take the next step forward in your faith journey this week. Enjoy.
1: Welcome to Buckhead Church. My name is Evan. We're so glad that you joined us this morning and a very happy new year to you. If this is your first time with us at Buckhead Church, you're a very special guest and we are so glad that you're here and we hope that Buckhead Church will feel like your church. And while we're online today, I do want to invite you to join us next Sunday live in the building as we are going to kick off a brand new series. Today, though, we have a very special message from our lead pastor, Joel Thomas. After the message, I'll be back for just a minute to give you some next steps. But I hope you enjoy this message from Joel.
2: Well, I also want to wish you a Happy New Year. I'm so grateful that we can gather uh, digitally on this New Year's Day. I hope you had a fantastic Christmas. Um, It was amazing uh, to see so many uh, turn out for our Christmas gathering at the end of the year. Uh, We capped off uh, 2022 in an amazing way together. I hope you felt that way. And if you haven't seen yet, um, if you're not on our email list and you haven't received our year review Um, I would love for you to go to the Hub today. Uh, If you'll go on the Hub website, you'll see a link there uh, to our year in review website, and you can go on there and see all the incredible things uh, that happened uh, in 2022. Um, Something about a new year uh, causes us all to reevaluate. It's sort of like there's a blank canvas uh, that we know that this year has, and there's sort of like this thought that we can sort of Um, paint uh, our own uh, picture of what the new year is going to look like, and um, that's why so many make resolutions. I don't know if people actually make resolutions anymore, but they dream about what do you want this year to be like, and I want to talk about that a little bit today because I'm in the uh personally, in the reevaluating mode, I, one of the things I'm reevaluating is my fitness plan. Um, it did not work for me in 2022. Um, so I'm looking for a new gym and a new plan. And um, But um, this sort of this idea of having a blank canvas in a new year, it always leads me to reevaluate uh, what we do. What we do here at Buckhead Church, what we do um, in terms of ministry strategy, uh, what we do for adults and children and students. And um, this year, it led me back to a season when, um, this was several years ago, uh, where I was sort of in transition, and I was wrestling, and I was rethinking, and I was dreaming in that season uh, about what this next season was going to be about. And it was a particularly difficult season. And so one of the questions I was wrestling with for several days uh, was this question, why? Why? And some of you have done this in different seasons of your life. You've wrestled with the question like why am I doing this? Why uh, am I in this season? And and just generally, what what's my why in life? And I was I was in a particularly difficult season, and so naturally I was asking big questions and 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 I was asking, you know, why do I do what I do and why should I show up tomorrow and why does any of this matter? And and maybe you've been in a season where that's been Uh, Something you've wrestled with. Um, I I began to process with some of the people that were on my team at that time. And um, I asked them, you know, hey, why is this worth fighting for? And and what's going to keep us going? Like, what's the thing that's going to motivate us to show up day after day after day and contend for what we're working on together in in this ministry and in in this church? And um, we began to share stories. I sort of led us in an exercise. Where we began to share stories. And what was unique is, um, in that group, we had a collective 251 years of following Jesus uh, amongst us and 197 years of serving in the local church. And so we began to share stories and, and a simple idea, a, a simple yet I, I think a, a profound message emerged. And, and, and the message was this is that the sum total of all those stories was that Jesus changes everything for everyone. He, he had, he, Jesus had changed everything for each one of us and for many other people that we knew. Like no one or, or no other thing ever had or could, Jesus had changed, literally. He had changed everything for every one of us. And, and if I'm honest, in, in that season and in many other seasons, that's what kept me going. That's what kept most of us from quitting, from throwing in the towel. That's why we continued to do what we were doing, and, and me included in that. And, and, and here, here's the thing, and, and this is sort of the big idea I want to begin with, is there is nothing else in the world that has the power to change everything for someone, for anyone, for everyone, like Jesus does. And so that, that's one of the things that we begin to hang our hat on, and it's something that's carried me for years in ministry, and it's one of the things I love most about our mission Some of you have seen this before. Our mission is inspiring people to follow Jesus. And if Jesus is the one that changes everything for everyone, inspiring people to connect with and experience and and follow Jesus is what we need to be about. And it's honestly one of the most rewarding things in my life is when I see somebody begin to reorient their life around following Jesus. And I begin to see the impact it has in their life and in their relationships and in their family. Um, the, the, the thing that um, I sort of uh, am challenged by, though, is more than ever before, it feels like we're swimming upstream and trying to get people to follow Jesus, like really follow, not just believe in Jesus or not show up at church, but like reorient their life and their direction in a fellowship of Jesus. And part of that is, is because of the, the days in which we live, um, and, and it feels like we're streaming up, swimming upstream in more than one way. I mean, first, in the 21st century, we live in what's known as is the information age. And, and, and you know this, that, that uh, information has never been more accessible than it is today. And advancements in our society, primarily through technology, have, have done a number of things. It's revolutionized efficiency. You know this, it's a revolution. Just the the little computer that most of us hold in our hand, it enables us to do things and find places and accomplish tasks like never before. We're far more efficient than we ever have been. It's transformed connection. We're able to stay in touch with, keep in touch with, be connected with people like we never have before. And it's fostered individualization, which, which means it's sort of, I don't have to go to places to get information. I don't have to show up at the library anymore. There, there's, there's ways in which technology, one of the things that it's done and the information that I'm able to gain from that technology, it's allowed me to be more independent, more self-dependent than ever before. And, and these are extraordinary advancements in our culture for better and for worse, not just for better. And because the truth is, is while many of these advancements have improved our world and no doubt they have. I mean, it's not like I think these things are bad. It's improved our world, but there's also been some unintended consequences because in our world now, information is what's king. I mean, that's why everybody is is trying to accumulate and amass as much and curate as much information as we can because the people with the most information are getting the most uh, farther ahead. And... The problem with that, though, is that when information is king, and this is something we've discovered, when information is king, isolation is not far behind. Gen Z, um, they're the only digital natives we have, Gen Z and younger. So not even millennials, but Gen Z, they're, they're, they're digitally native in our world because they, 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 since they were born, um, they've only known a world with the technology that we have and, and digital re- relationships and digital connection. But did you know Gen, Gen Z is... St- while they're statistically the most highly connected generation, they're also the loneliest generation on record in history. They report the highest levels of loneliness and isolation with all the social media, with YouTube, with online gaming. It it connects and it informs them. Um, It also, in unprecedented ways, it has isolated the next generation and not just Gen Z. It's had this effect on all of us, but, but it not only has an isolating effect, there's a, there's a second really significant casualty. When information is king, isolation is not far behind, but also incarnation gets left behind. Big church word. Some of you have never heard this word before, incarnation. We can get information everywhere, anywhere, curate the best content online. Incarnation is about being the embodiment of people in the flesh. It's about someone showing up. The the word literally means taking on flesh. It's about physical presence, which is sort of the opposite of information. It's like, why do I need to have a conversation with someone when I can listen to a podcast online, when when I can read a blog online, when I can read an article, when I can do research? We, We don't need the physical presence of someone for learning and the information that we need. But physical presence is a value to God in, in the scriptures. I mean, if physical presence, if incarnation, if it wasn't important, Jesus would have stayed in heaven. I mean, that's the, that's the description of when, when God took on human flesh, when he took on human form, we call that the incarnation of God. And Jesus showed up in the flesh. If that wasn't necessary, God would have just sent his spirit. In the New Testament, he sent his Holy Spirit, but he wouldn't have needed the church. He would have sent his spirit apart from the church, and that would have been enough. But incarnation has always been of vital importance to God. It's been a value to God. God has shown up over and over in different ways for his people throughout history. I mean, some of you, you know the scriptures. If you go back, I mean, he showed up to Moses in a burning bush, and he showed up to Elijah in a whisper. He showed up to Solomon in dreams and over and over and over through the scriptures, God showed up in unique ways in people's lives. And in this period of redemptive history, at this time in our world, the church, the gathering, the body of believers, people, that's the incarnation of God. That's how God shows up in our world. One of the best descriptions of the way God does that through unique uh, gathering of people, through a diverse gathering, which that's true of us at Buckhead Church. In fact, I tell people all the time, this is the most beautifully diverse church I've ever been a part of in every possible way. It's socioeconomic, socioeconomically, racially, uh, generationally, uh, we're politically. I mean, that, that's fun uh, when you're in my position, but but it's it's incredibly diverse, but. But here's what the scripture says in Colossians chapter three, it says here, here in the church, among the body of, of believers, among the Jesus followers, there's no Jew or Gentile, meaning your, your ethnic or your racial background, that, that's not what's central to your identity or to the identity of this group or this body. There's no circumcised or uncircumcised, meaning there's different types of religious people and different religious beliefs, but we're united in our fellowship of one person. There's no barbarian or Scythian or slave or free. These are people of different nationalities or, or socioeconomic backgrounds. But Christ, Christ is all. Christ is all that matters. Christ is what defines us. So it's sort of like when the question is, who's the church? Who's in your church? What's your church like? It's like, well, the the, the idea is that together we represent Christ, and it's not about you know do these people fit or do they belong? You know what? Or what do you have to do to fit in? Paul's answer is, you, you know, no one has to do anything to fit in. You belong because of Jesus. You belong because your life has been hidden in Christ, and what now defines you is the life of Christ. Christ is all that matters. He's the one that defines you. And because Jesus, because he came and he was for everyone and he was radically inclusive in the incarnation of Christ, in in his embodiment of who he was, he came and he was for everyone. He was for all people everywhere. If we're going to be the representation, the you could say the incarnation of Christ in this period in history we have to be for everyone as well christ is all he he the rep- representing him being his body in the world that's what's to be most important to us but christ is not only all he's in all i mean that's the secret it's not only that he is all and he's the definitive Um, nature of who we are and who we're to be and who we're to represent, but he's in all of us and his life is empowering us to represent him. And, And this is the beautiful thing. God's not some far off cosmic impersonal dictator ruling and regulating the world without personal concern for our lives. That's not who God is. That's not the God that we believe in. That's certainly not the God of the scriptures. This is a God who shows up in personal ways He shows up in your life and he shows up in my life. God, we just celebrated this at Christmas. He came to be with us. Emmanuel, God with us. He came in human form to personally relate and reconcile and redeem and restore all people. And then he placed his life in all of us so that we could be his representation. When he left, he sent his spirit to be in you and to be in me, so that collectively we could continue to be the presence of God to people in our lives, to be the presence of God to people around us. And God continues to be with us as he's in us, which is even better. And now here's why this is important, is because We believe God has placed us here. We're the local church. We're a local gathering in this community. And we believe God has placed us to be here for Atlanta. But here's maybe an obvious idea, but I want you to think about this. We can't be for our city and not be with them. We can't be for our community and not be with our community. We can't be for each other and not be with each other. Are you with me? We can't really be for our next door neighbors and the next generation and not be with them. I mean, imagine... Um, my son had a had a, a soccer tournament just before Christmas. Imagine he has this soccer tournament, and I just say, "Hey, listen, we arrange with some of the other parents um to take you to the tournament this weekend. Uh, we love you and we 're for you we're just not going to be there we 're not going to be there with you, but just know i 'm for you where are you going to be dad well, i I'm, I'm just going to be hanging out at home and i'm going to I got some some things I want to do. I want to watch a football game, but i 'm for you I mean how much How much would my son believe that I'm for him? No, he wants me to be with him. He wants to see me. He wants to hear my voice. He wants my presence there. See, we can't be for one another. We can't be for our city without being with one another, being with our city, with our neighbors, with the people that God wants to use us to impact. This is why I think in the scriptures, in the Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10, the New Testament, we're encouraged not to give up the habit of meeting together. The the, the, the gathering, the local gathering of believers was important. And, And look, technology's great, but there's something different about physical presence of incarnation. Again, if there wasn't, God would have stayed in heaven. He wouldn't have sent a son. He wouldn't have come to earth to bring his presence, to be with us. But here's what he knew. He knew that our greatest need was experiencing his divine nature. Our greatest need was experiencing Jesus. And the same is true today. Your greatest need. My greatest need is to experience Jesus. And the way we do that is through his body, through the church through the incarnation of God that happens in the body or the collection of believers when we gather together. And in his book, Connecting, Larry Crabb, uh, it's a fantastic book about um, what the body's to be about and how we're to be connected to one another and to be the body together. In this book, Connecting, he says it this way. He says the absolute center of what he, God, does to help us change is to reveal himself to us. This is what he wants to do. The way God transforms you and the way he transforms me, the way he transforms our lives is to reveal himself to us, to give us a taste of what he's really like and to pour his life into us. And a critical element in the revealing process is to place us in a community of people who are enough like him to give us of that, give us that taste firsthand. Here's what God wants to do. He wants you to pl- He wants to place you within a body, a gathering of believers, and and it happens when you physically show up for each other, when we show up for one another, when we gather together, when we gather together on Sunday, and we gather together in small groups, and we gather together to serve, and we gather together to pray, and we gather together to invest in the next generation. When we gather together in homes and in uh, places of worship. And in our community, that gathering gives us a taste. The life of Christ sort of comes up. It rises to the surface, not because we're perfect, but because together we're the incarnation of God. It's how he designed for it to be. Gathering with the church, it's not about being counted on a Sunday. It's not even about giving our, our attention or adoration to God. It's about incarnation. It's about showing up so that each one of us can experience the God of the universe who's trying to reveal himself to us. So with the blank canvas of a new year, as you're in the mode of reevaluating as your pastor, I want to give you a challenge. And here's the challenge I want. I I want you to understand that the truest thing about you is what God says about you. And what God says about you is that you are a new creation in Christ that Christ is all that matters and that's what defines you. And he is in you. And I wanna challenge you that you're part of the incarnation of God in this world. Like you're part of what it is to for God's presence to be manifest, for it to be experienced in our world. And I wanna challenge you as a part of the body of Christ, I wanna challenge you this year to show up I want you to show up and, and I want you to show up first for you because you need this. You, you do. You need to show up. And, and I'll just say this. There's nothing magical about this space or this building. I can tell you this. I miss all of you uh, terribly today because preaching to an empty room is not super fun. But I love it that you can be home today and join us digitally. But here's the thing. When you show up on the first day of the week, each week, it, it helps you remember that your faith is a priority, and it prioritizes the community of faith. When you show up, the reality is, is you have a likelihood of bumping into someone that you need to experience Jesus through. And when you show up, somebody else has the opportunity to experience Jesus in you. Not because you're perfect, because the life of Christ is in you. That's what the Apostle Paul tells us. And you need to set the pace. You need to model for other people around you. If you've got kids in your home, you need to model this for the next generation that prioritizing this on a weekly basis is something that is gonna be a part of your 2023, And which leads me to the next generation. We not only need to show, I want you to show up for you, but for the next generation, it's important for you to show up for your kids. If you have kids, listen, just let me press for just a second. You know, you you show up for their academics and their athletics all the time. How much more important is their faith? Don't be mad at me. I just I just want you to know, you wouldn't let your kids go to school half the time or, or go to practice half the time, would you? This is this is their eternity, we're talking about. This is not just a relationship with God, but this is a character that's being formed in them. This is about not what they're going to do one day or memories that they'll have from school. This is who they're going to be, who they'll be in their future relationships, who they'll be in their future careers and their communities. And the truth is, is their character is being formed in this season. See, our strategy as a church is built around research. You may not know this. We probably don't talk about this enough, but in order to have a faith that lasts beyond high school, kids need six intergenerational relationships. They need six relationships with people outside their home, outside their nuclear family. And our strategy is built around this. We want to uh, help students develop a faith that lasts. And, and our next generation leaders, this is why you need to show up consistently is because we're trying to foster relationships outside the home. It's important inside the home, but we want to foster relationships outside the home that develops a a deep faith in the next generation that lasts beyond high school and lasts beyond, oh, that's something we used to do as a family. We would show up at church and when students connect and they connect on a weekly consistent basis, what we discover is students that go off and they live out their faith at college. How many times, this may be your story, this was my story. How many times have you heard the story? You know, I grew up in the church and then I went off to college by God's grace. Many of our students are not telling that story. I don't want your kids to tell that story. You need to show up for the next generation. You need to show up for your team, whether you're serving in the next generation or you're serving on one of our other teams. This is a team sport. In fact, one of the things I love is that Jesus didn't pass the baton to somebody. I mean, if there was somebody who wanted the baton, it was Peter. Like he wanted to be in charge. He wanted to, to be the guy but Jesus said, no, no, no. you as a, as a group, as a collection, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna represent me together. That means that discipleship, which is an, uh, just a church word for growing, helping people grow in their faith. Discipleship is a team sport. It takes the whole body. And this isn't just about Sunday. I mean, you just show up for your team, but you just show up for your group. Some of you, you're in groups. And, and the reality is, is, is if you're not in a group, we're, we're getting ready to launch some new groups in January the reason we want you to be in a group because this is about the incarnation of Christ. This is how you're going to experience Jesus. You, here's, here's something you may not have thought of. You need somebody that's in a group, in a group that you would join. You need somebody that's in a group and someone in a group needs you. They need to experience the life of Christ in you and you need to experience the life of Christ in somebody else. And the discipline of showing up on a regular basis is saying I want to show up because I want to experience Jesus because I know that that's the the transforming power of Jesus is in his presence and his presence is in the incarnation of the body of believers as we show up together. And you need to be more consistent. You need to get back on track and get your group back together and start meeting consistently and show up together for your group. We need to show up for our neighbors in fact, this is one of my big prayers for 2023 that we'll show up light like for our neighbors like never before. You have the life of Christ in you. This is something I want to encourage you with. Forget about your faults and failures. You have the life of Jesus in you. And I believe God has positioned you in a unique place so other people can experience him through your life. In people in your home, people in your apartment complex, people in your neighborhood, people in your office, People in, in, that, are, that are your cube neighbors. People you're on boards with, in clubs with, in committees with. The reality is, is there's lots of neighbors. There's people right around us that need to experience the love of God through us. Through the life of Christ that's in us. And I believe God has strategically placed you right around, right next to other people. And we need to show up for our city. This is something that's been a recent strength of ours. And I pray it continues that we continue to show up for our city and love on our city through intersect and through be rich and through our nonprofit partners. But even more than that, as we try to live out as a body of believers, what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. One of the interesting ideas for me in the scriptures is what would it look like if Paul or, or there was a letter written specifically to the believers in Atlanta, Like we have letters that were written to Rome and Ephesus and Galatia and Thessalonica and other places. But what if it was written to us? What would that include? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of commonalities in Paul's letters, but what are the things of our day that that are things that the gospel speaks to? The good news of a God who loves people right where they are. The the most difficult parts of our life our community, the the hardest social issues, what would the love of Jesus say? What would it speak? How, how would it show up in our city? That's what we're here to do. That's who we're here to be. And discovering some of those in the scriptures, that's a really good place for us to start. But for us to dream about how God might want us To show up for our city this year is an extraordinary thing that it's not just my job or our staff or Andy's job. Like, this is all of our job. And so, here's what I want you to consider in 2023 how will you show up? How will you show up for you? How will you show up for your kids? How will you show up for your team or your group or your neighbors? How will you show up for our city? And the second question is, how often are you going to show up? I'm just going to press you like, how how often will you show up at church? How often are you going to show up at your group? How often are you going to show up to serve? And here's the thing, you should pre-decide this. Because if you don't, you won't. You should pre-decide, you know, we're going to try to be there every week. Or we're we're not going to miss more than one week a month. Or I'm going to make sure I only miss two weeks a year that I'm serving. I mean, I don't know what it is for you, but you should pre-decide. You know this, when you pre-decide and you have a plan, you have far less excuses when it's time to follow through on what you decided because you've already decided, you already made a decision. That day is marked out, that time, whether it's Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Wednesday evening, Saturday morning serving, whatever it is when you pre-decide and you put it on your calendar, you show up. So how will you show up? How often will you show up? And then who will you bring with you when you show up? Who are you investing in? Who will you invite? I don't want us to lose focus of this. I I want us to pay, pay attention to this. This is the heartbeat of our church is that we want to create a church that's for everyone, for, for people that are not, don't consider themselves church people who don't think the church is for them. We wanna be a church that's for those types of people. We want them to see that there's a group of people here who would love to embrace them, who would love for them to show up here. So my question is, who are you gonna bring with you when you show up? I want you to think about this. Someone in your life is one invitation away from their eternity being altered forever. Somebody in your life is one invitation away from their marriage being restored, from their depression uh, being dealt with, from their anxiety subsiding. Somebody in your life is one invitation away from the life-transforming power of an encounter with Jesus. Here's the thing I want you to know. This is is an exciting season and our team's been working hard. And and I'll just want you to know, we're going to show up in full force. In fact, we've got lots of tremendous opportunities this next year. I just want to highlight a few there. at the beginning of the year. Here's a few opportunities in 2023. We're kicking off a brand new series called Living With Yourself. And it's about three habits to safeguard your soul. Andy's going to kick off this new series next week. So living with yourself, it's a great opportunity to invite somebody. Everybody's going, I, you know, we're in a, in a season post-pandemic where people's souls are eroding. Like they're, the, the world and the pressures and the, the anxiety and the trauma we've experienced, it's eroding people from the inside out. Still, the lingering effects of the pandemic, psychologists, psychologists have said, we haven't seen the most difficult parts of that. So we're going to kick off the year talking about what does it look like to, to live with yourself and how do you safeguard yourself and your soul from that that brokenness that's around us? I want to challenge you to show up uh, for our next generation. Um, on January 8th and 15th, we're doing these orientations. And um, if you don't know, you may not know this, but um, in Wamland and Upstreet, we've been growing rapidly. I mean, we've had the most growth growth in those areas uh, of our church and we need more volunteers. We just need more people who will show up. And if you're not serving and you're going, I love our church. How can I show up in the new year for, for, for my church? I would say, even if, if it's not gonna be a long-term thing for you, we have a, a need right now in our preschool and our children's areas for small group leaders and for, um, for host team, for guest service teams um, in both of those areas. And if you'd be interested in getting a little bit of information, um, I'd love for you to come to one of our orientations on January 8th or 15th. Uh, young adults, we're kicking off a brand new young adults environment, January 9th. Um, we've, we've hired a new staff member, Hamilton Winners. Um, if you're a young adult and you're in your 20s, that's who specifically I'm talking about. We're launching a brand new environment just for people in their 20s um, on January 9th. It's the national championship. Show up, it's a social environment. I'm gonna tell you where to find all this information in just a minute, but if you're in your 20s, this is the launch of a brand new environment um, and uh, a new ministry in our church that we're, rela- or that we're launching uh, beginning on January 9th. I'd love for you to show up, meet Hamilton, and meet a whole bunch of other people, young uh, 20-somethings in our church, whether you're single or you're married. We'd love for you to come uh, and show up as we're kicking off that that new opportunity. Our single series, we're actually relaunching singles. We're doing a single series, and it's beginning on January the 17th. It's going to be a three-week series, um, and it's called—it's uh, all about a, a new you. Uh, it's called Happy New You, and it's how to begin a new year and and to be happy with yourself and, and to figure out what does it look like for you to thrive in this new year. I hope you'll join us for that. Singles of all ages, you're welcome uh, to come to that. January the seventeenth, and then, ladies, um, we're doing something we've never done before. We're kicking off a new women's event, January the twenty sixth, and we're gonna we're gonna see how that goes. There's gonna be worship, teaching. Um, Aprils, uh, so many of you, uh, you know and love April. April's on our staff. She leads all of our care ministries uh april's going to be speaking at that event uh you're not going to want to miss that uh so ladies mark your calendars january 26th and the last thing we're starting new groups i told you earlier if you're not in a group we want to help you get connected in a group on january 29th we're we're opening registration for all of our new groups so as you can see there's lots of great things happening this is an exciting uh time of year we're showing up We've got a lot of great things happening in 2023. I just want you to notice, this is only January. I only showed you January. There are lots of amazing things happening here at Buckhead Church, and I want you to show up and get involved. So let's show up. Let's show up this next year. Let's show up for our church. Let's show up for these types of things. That's how we're going to engage this next year. This year, this is sort of the mantra I want you to think about. We want to be a church, and I want us to encourage each other. Let's show up. Let's show up for each other. Let's show up for our kids. Let's show up for our next door neighbors. Let's show up for the next generation. Let's show up for our city. Let's show up and be the incarnation of Christ to be the body that we were meant to be. Let's be for our city. To be for Atlanta is to show up in the spaces that God has created for us to show up. Our being for each other is empowered by our being with each other. Your physical presence matters. It matters when you show up, even when you don't think it does, it matters because the body of Christ is not the body of Christ without the collection of all of its believers. The body is the body when all the parts are a part of it. And since Christ is in all of us, I want to challenge you. We're at our best when we're all in. A finish with a story. Uh, Speaking of being all in, uh, we have so many volunteers across our church that are all in. So many of you show up week after week after week. It's part of the reason we're giving you today off. Um, so that you can you can get a little bit of a rest, you can get a break, because you guys show up week after week after week. But we have so many volunteers that are all in, but we have one particular volunteer who serves in our student ministry, and he's all in. He serves at a lot of different things. He's specifically a high school small group leader, um, but he volunteers at a lot of our different events and our, our different camps, and he volunteered um, to help with our sixth grade camp. This last year, um, we had more sixth graders show up than we have registered in sixth grade um, at our church. I'm not even sure how that happens, but we had we had a huge number of sixth graders show up. We're we're growing in, in our middle school ministry as well, and and so we we had a need. We had some volunteer leaders that for whatever reason couldn't give up the whole weekend and they couldn't be there. And so some of our high school leaders, uh, including this one particular leader, decided he was going to show up and help. And um, uh, he, in fact, a, a crazy thing happened. He was actually going to serve in one capacity, but then we had a, a leader who, whose car caught on fire. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. But so this leader's car got caught on fire, and they couldn't make it to the to the to the the camp, and so they weren't able to be there. So this high school leader, instead of just showing up and helping facilitate some of the events and activities for the kids, stepped in to be a small group leader and to lead a small group and actually really connected with this one student that was in the group, that had sort of been distant from the group. He hadn't really connected with the group or the group leader, and didn't have anything to do with the group leader, just this student was going through some things, and nobody really knew uh, what he was going through. And as a result of the the environment that was created there, that our team created, and and after one of the sessions, uh, this student began to open up to and confide in this leader. This student was... Um, confide in this leader that he'd been having suicidal thoughts and had been thinking about possibly taking his own life. And this leader really connected with his student and began to love on him and pray for him. And even in those hours that they got to spend together at camp, began to see the student sort of come out of his shell and sort of come to life. And the top line... We had a lot of students give their life to Christ that weekend. The top line of Ian, who's our our, our uh, middle school, our transit director, our, our middle school pastor. The top line of his camp report, um, as I was reading his report on Monday after camp, it said this. It said 30 students were saved spiritually and one student was saved physically. That because this leader, he's not equipped to handle situations like this. But because this leader showed up in the midst of a crazy situation with a car fire and and needing to plug in and step into this group and and connect with this student that hadn't been connecting, God had a plan for him. And because he was willing to show up, I mean this student's life was literally and physically saved that weekend. We have volunteers and people across our church who show up week after week after week, and extraordinary things are happening. I have to tell you, 25 years ago this fall, I formally took my first step uh, into full-time Christian work to serve in the local church. And I mean this with all of my heart, I have never been more excited about what's ahead of the church, what's ahead of our church, than I am in this season. And the reason is, is because so many of you have begun to catch a vision for what it looks like for us to show up. In fact, week after week after week, we continue to grow. Since we've begun regathering, since the pandemic, we've been growing and growing and growing, not like dramatically, but steadily. And and when you look at when we've regathered until now, most of you see this and you feel this when you show up on the weekend. I mean, it. there's a swell coming. It, there's, this, there's this momentum that's building and it's building towards something. It's building towards tremendous impact in our city. And I don't know all of what God has ahead of us, but because of the tremendous opportunity, because of the large metropolitan area that we live in, the many people we have the ability to reach, we have an opportunity to communicate something to those people, to show up in a way that people in our city would never imagine people would show up for them. They've they, they never imagined that Christians would be for them in the way we could be for them. And I believe as you show up and as I show up, they're going to find out just how much we really are for them. So let's show up. Let's show up this year. Let's show up for each other. Let's show up for the next generation. Let's show up for our community, and let's show up for our city. Let's show up now more than ever, and if we do, I believe we will all experience Jesus in some extraordinarily powerful, life-giving, and life-transformative ways. So I look forward to all that's ahead in this new year. It feels a bit like a blank, blank canvas, but I want you to know we've begun painting on that canvas, but we've begun painting thinking that many of you are going to show up and continue to contribute to that. And as you do, and as you do with the life of Christ in you, we believe God is going to paint a beautiful picture in our 2023 on that canvas. So thank you. Thank you for being an extraordinary church. Thank you for being the church where we live, work, and play. Let's show up for our city in this new year. Let me pray for you. God, thank you. Thank you for this space that we have where we've all been able to gather together today digitally. God, I pray um, that uh, as people are getting a little bit of a breather from life, from work, uh, maybe people getting a a much-needed breather from family uh, after the holidays, I pray that you would restore and you'd recharge, that you'd gear us up for what you have ahead of us this year. God, thank you for the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of volunteers who show up week after week, people who show up in small groups, people who show up uh, for other people, people who show up with your life in them just wanting to be used. I pray that you would give us a whole, all a heart for what it would be like for us to be your representation. I pray for somebody who feels like, oh no, no I can't represent Jesus. I would pray that they would understand that scripture that we talked about in Colossians. It's it's not about their former life, that they've been given the new life of Christ in them, and that when they show up, you show up. You show up supernaturally through their life because your life is not just with them, it's in them. Thank you for the miracle of that, the way you do that through your Spirit and in through our lives. And God, I pray that, We would be people that would just say, hey, we're going to show up. You do whatever you want to do through us, and that our eyes would be open, that we'd be receptive. We had the wisdom to know exactly how you want us to show up, how often you want us to show up, and who we should bring with us when we show up so that we can all experience you in more and more powerful ways in 2023. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Wow, what a great challenge. Uh, I know that I'm personally asking the same questions of the who and and the what am I showing up for in 2023. We encourage you to do the same thing Maybe one of the more significant steps you could take is by finding out about how you can join one of those next-gen interest meetings. There's one on the 8th of January, there's one on the 15th, and it's a great opportunity for you uh, to come and get your questions answered about what the environments look like and and where can you best fill in the gap for the next generation. You can find out about those meetings and all the other uh, steps that Joel mentioned in his message by simply going to buckheadchurch.org slash the hub. Finally, one last thing to let you know about. We'd love to invite you to be here live with us in the building at 9 and 11 next week as we kick off a brand new series for 2023 called Living With Yourself. It's going to be a great time. Be a better time with you here. Have a great day.